Are you ready for this? I don't know if I am. <laughs> I actually numbered my pages of notes this time so I wouldn't get lost. Nice. And I only had two. Okay. It's amusing to me. Last time I was like, nice. Gotta find my notes. My, my okay. Let's check just, my notes. Let's just let's just start. Where's my notes? Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. Notes. I didn't know you were going to go right into that. I'm sorry. I, I am. I am sorry. I was, I was <laughs> waiting for you to open your eyes. As soon as you open your eyes, I'm gonna have like the creepy leer on my face, and I was gonna say notes. And then you launch into that, and I'm like, I can't backtrack now because I've got the mmm. You know, the tongue is pressed to the teeth, and I got the mmm, and the mmm's gonna happen. It's news. I can't say, no, I'm Rob. That's not gonna work. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Well, this is Death Readers Season 3, Episode 7 Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. We are gonna start with chapters 20, 21, and 22, and finish the book because this is the. Oh, book wrap party. Book wrap party. End of the book. Here we go. This is the podcast where we're reading through the Harry Potter series. I, for my first time, and he and his seventh. Um, I don't know what that's I mean, at this point, I feel like if people have listened all the way through three seasons to the last, you they kind of get someone, it. What if someone's just like, I'm just going to listen to this la latest episode? Stanley always said, "One, the some, hey, true believers. some comic is everyone's, <laughs> every comic is somebody's first comic. That's what he used to say. He said, hey, true believers. Yeah, but that doesn't really fit what the context. So that's why so many Marvel comics started having those, like, establishing first pages where they'd have that shitty, annoying paragraph on the first page where all the credits were saying, like, as a teenage science nerd, Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider, giving him the proportionate strength of a spider, in addition to an extrasensory sixth sense called a spider sense for danger awareness and shit like that. And then it'd be like, he also needs money. <laughs> He does need money. He does need money all the time. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we're reading the, uh, the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Uh, I, I am a almost 30-year-old man. No, I'm, at this point, I'm over 30. I'm fucking tired. I'm <laughs> <laughs> drink, the, drink coffee. Drink the coffee. That's not coffee. This That's is Woody a, Woodpecker. Soda. See, I wouldn't even know that this wasn't coffee because you just said drink that, and I went, that one. <laughs> I'm reading Harry Potter for the first time as a series at an over 30 year old lifespan. Rob here. That's me. Is Maguru, who has read it so many more times. <laughs> like Magoo. Is my Maguru. <laughs> no, I can't. can't. Yeah, Maguru's a hard one. Well, it's not. I, I can't even do it. Uh, uh, here's, here's the thing. You gotta get a Thurston Hell of a Third going. <laughs> oh, Maguru. Good in my boy. See, that's, and it's right on, that's also, pretty good. That's pretty good. Because it's the same yeah, guy. Yeah, the yeah, same yeah, guy. Yeah. He was also the mayor in uh, Pete's Dragon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, cigar in his mouth. Pesh McQuinney! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. You've seen Pete's Dragon. Yeah. The original. Yeah. And Doc Terminus. Remember Doc Terminus? No. What do you think they call me, Doc? Because they sell the boots into me? <laughs> okay. He, he's the British doctor scamming everybody. He wants the dragon liver will cure a cold. That guy? Sure. He's the guy who reads the Harry Potter books, the American version of the Harry Potter books. Jim Dale. Wow. Dale. Wow. So, so the narrator of Harry Potter was in a movie with Mr. Magoo. Is that... Boom. <laughs> if if this is your first episode of Death Reader, if Rob has this sixth sense, like a spider sense, of being able to force connections in films to context. You force the connection, man. No, 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 it's right you, you there. Just, yeah, it's right there for you. I it's get right it. there for all of us. Mm. I just pick it up. Like a hound. Exactly. It's a special sense of him just picking it up. <laughs> the, These are the, the hard-hitting details that our public demands. Do you think our public demands? They demand it. Do you think that they demand 
the start of a segment <laughs> that can't conclude. I wrapped it up with a bow on top. Can't conclude. Beginning, middle, and end. It can't be finalized. It's a gift under the tree. Because it is being wedged to death <laughs> like, with what interjection. Is, what is this gift with Jim Dale and... It's that actor. Oh, I'm sad his name this, for a second. It's this gone. like first five minutes of the show at this point is it's like a fruitcake. <laughs> it's full of so much shit. It's not good anymore. You talking about there's like some candied orange peel in there? You got your candied lemon peel? Some cherry pieces? So the point of this podcast is for me to sort of read through the books, having not read them before, and give my uh, ridiculous take on everything uh, as I read it for the first time. I have. Fair warning, seen the films. Yeah, I don't really remember them that the much. Arcs. I do. Like, I, I remembered, for example, in this chapter that there's time travel. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. But, um, or in these chapters. But, uh, yeah, it, that's that's sort of the premise of, of Death Readers, uh, this install, this period of Death Readers. Um, so, <coughs> sorry about that. Sorry about that. Whatever, I don't have the accent. Oh! The Hagrid accent? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Because I thought you were no trying to... No one ever... In I, tried, my I thought you were trying to wake up my phone. No. You said Siri about that. No, no, Siri no, no. about that! Yeah, that, see, it's, it is what it sounds like. Um, no, no, in my head, anytime anybody ever says sorry about that, it's Hagrid. Nice. So, that's just in my brain now. It's like it's like a gif. <laughs> just it's, instantly there. I, that's how I feel about anytime anyone says very well. I see Warwick Davis as the goblin in the first movie. Uh, yeah. Very well. <laughs> little... Wait, which scene is that in the first movie? Is that... um, I also, uh, when Hagrid says, it's from Professor Dumbledore, about you know oh, what and right. you know which. Yeah. Very well. Well, except he said a higher pitch because he's right. Warwick Davis. Yeah. So that's the, I think, do we have any other uh, introductory stuff, housekeepings to get through? We get the house elves to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. You'll see. You'll see. Just right. wait? No, I don't want. Uh, no. All right, so so let's get into our book wrap party. Book wrap party number three, yeah, chapter right. twenty: the Dementor's Kiss. The Dementor's Kiss and the D. Hmm? Ugh. <laughs> my uh, first note was on page three hundred nineteen. Here's the thing. Okay. I don't have any page notes for this chapter. Again? So oh what I'm going to say is that my first note is about Lupin transforming. Okay. So if you can. Tell me where that is in relation to your note, like before or I after. Think I, I think I do have a note about that. So wait, do you, are your notes? Uh, they're, they're in order, but segmented it's just, by chapter. They're segmented. No, no, I have, I have just for this chapter. I don't have any page notes, page numbers. My other chapters do, but for this chapter, I don't. So, but I do have them in a sort of order. So I. And I think my, my first because one, of time travel, I also right. have a note about transformation, but it's maybe later. Okay. In, in my list of notes, so we can just come to that when we come. To okay. It. How's that? Yeah. Okay. So are we? Are we not? This, you tell. This, this, you just go ahead and yours, and then I'll. Again, um, is your first note before or after Lupin transformation? Godfather turnaround. Godfather. He's like, hey, you know, I'm your Godfather, and Harry's like, oh, it's the best thing oh. ever. I'm like, you were ready to kill this guy seconds ago. I would think there'd be. So my notes before that. A week or two, really? Yeah. How can it be before that if it's about transformation? They're in the tunnel at this point. They're on their way out. They're in the I guess tunnel. That's true. The, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, no, it's, it is. Did you it, read this book? No, it is sort of before because. Okay, I'm just going to do this one. <laughs> Clearly, you I'm just such a jerk. Barely, I'm so sorry. Don't apologize have, to me. 
Because it's falling upon deaf ears. Deaf what? ears. Okay. So Lupin transforms after everything you've just said. <laughs> but hear me out. He Okay, hear me out. It's <laughs> still not. right. It's still right. Deaf Lup- ears. Lupin transforms after all the things you've talked about happen, but only in the light of a full moon. Oh my God, that's my note. Fine. You want to do this? No, I don't. I want to do it your way. <laughs> face. That was a creepy because, face. Because the thing is, all mm. that shit happened. He, he, why didn't he transform in the previous chapters? That's my no, note. That's why it feels like notes. it's in that. That's why I feel like it's in that part of the. It's it's the first thing because it should have happened way earlier in the night. When in the entire chapter where they're having all the exposition so, about what Peter Peter Peregrew is and who let's Sirius discuss is. werewolves. Yeah, let's discuss fucking werewolves, man. My go-to werewolf. Yeah. I know. American Wolf in London. Oh, he's not inside. That he's one. reading a fucking novel, I believe. Connecticut Yankee, King Arthur's Court. Yes. Picking it up after Jenny Agutter started reading it to him in the in the hospital, although she read it in the dream. So, whoa. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Frank Oz is in that movie. Anyway. <laughs> he's sitting there reading. Moon comes out. Doesn't matter where he is. He doesn't have to be in the light of the moon. Right. The moon's like, it's time. He turns. Right. Lupin, up until this point, curls up in his office and turns into a wolf. Does that mean his office has a window? Is that what he has to be in the beam of the moon? What if the moon's on a different part of the castle? Does he not? If he if, if, if direct moonlight doesn't turn him into a werewolf, can he just stay in a windowless basement? Exactly what my thought was. Why? If, he, if, if the Shrieking Shack was so necessary, how come Dumbledore didn't say, hey man, you know the tunnels, or not the tunnels, but the dungeons in right. Hogwarts? Go hang out there. You know what we have in Hogwarts closets? <laughs> we have a couple of them. You can just hang out. We can just lock you in a closet. It, you'll just sleep in a closet tonight. Yeah. What's the problem? Like, you know how long... Room of okay, requirement? So you, li- room, you require a room with no windows? Done. Literally, Harry Potter slept under the staircase. Mm-hmm. No windows. Spiders. Yeah, lots no of spiders. Windows. But like the book is established, people can live in can sleep in rooms without windows from the fucking very first chapter. <laughs> um, second chapter maybe. Anyway, um yeah, like it <laughs> What the hell? Like, yeah. It it just it just doesn't make any sense. Like unless I mean, it just just doesn't make any sense. I don't I, even I, give I, it I, I cannot think of a way to make it make sense. You know I like to make the only make way. Sense. Go ahead. Is if in that exact moment, instead of it actually being the light of the full moon being revealed because of cloud cover, which I think is how it's actually well, described uh, in the because, book. Because, right. because, because, hold on. Because I actually, um, we'll pause here for a second. I hate to. No, no, no. I already did this to you and I deserve it. I'm sorry. Page 408, because I just want to read it. Because actually, there, right, there's sure, a passage sure. before this. Okay, this is in Hermione's secret. Mm-hmm. They've already gone through everything once. Yeah. They've looped their time traveling. Do it. Okay, they're waiting while everyone's in the Shrieking Shack. Lupin yes. is already in the Shrieking Shack. Yes. They're talking. Yes. Snape's probably unconscious, but they're in the Shrieking Shack. Yes. Lupin's being Lupin. The leaves overhead rustled faintly in the breeze. The moon drifted in and out of sight behind the shifting clouds. The moon's out. Right. It's in and out. Right. So It was already out, and then it got covered. Right. So, this is the only way I'm going to frog DNA this. Okay. Show me what you got. If... During the period of time where the the clouds shift away from the moon mm. and expose the the courtyard of Hogwarts where our characters are in that moment to the moonlight. Mm-hmm. If 
at that exact moment, the position of the sun and the moon and the earth finally cross the threshold into it being a full moon. From gibbous or whatever. Yes, from Near waxing, full waning, whatever it is. To proper to full. Proper full. Magically full. If that were the case, if that were the case, here's the problem with that. He turns into a werewolf more than one night in a row. Oh. I believe. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? He's sick it for a couple seems of days. Like it, but like, but what if this is the, the start of it? Like, what if this, what if it's every time it's like but a moon's only full for one day. Oh. So I think they're going with the, the classic three nights in a row, mostly full, full, mostly full, full moon thing. But what if this is that first day? What if this isn't actually a full moon? I don't remember if they mentioned it being a full moon at this point or if it's like almost full. And then you have the potion. Sure. You have the potion. You have to drink it every day for the week leading up to it. Either way. Here, but the day of doesn't help. Either way, if he does it for three days, the next day he's done. Like when they're leaving Hogwarts and everybody's like in the hospital. Isn't that like the next day? Mm -hmm. they spend, it's like it's immediate. Like as soon as they get done with that stuff, right. they leave. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. She fucked up werewolves. She fucked up werewolves. See, this is why this had to come first. <laughs> because it was, it, it over-encompassed all of the chapters it's true and the last episode. Everything, everything after this is werewolf-flavored. Right. So now I feel like we've, because I'm, literally all of my notes say the exact same thing you just said, uh, which was, I, like, I literally have the note, why wouldn't he just sleep in a closet, full, full moon or the dungeon, or during every full moon or in the dungeons in Hogwarts? Like my mind to your mind. Hey, take world seriously. Yeah. Anyway, with all that, I apologize for interrupting your brilliant original note. Please start again because I really loved your energy on that. So my first note is the whole as he's ready for Sirius to be his godfather. He was ready to murder this guy like a minute ago. You know, a couple days in between to like change your attitude. What is that about? I'm gonna read you my first note. Okay. It isn't the werewolf. I oh, did you like, have a note about werewolf? I feel like Harry's willingness to move in with Sirius is unfounded. Two chapters before, he was thrilled at the idea of murdering him. Now, he's happier than he's ever been at the thought of living with a murderer over his shitty aunt and uncle. Seems unjustified. I'm telling you, man, for some reason, we're on fucking the same plane today. No page numbers. Look at you. Look at me. No page numbers. Just nailing I'm it. I'm so proud. I agree. It's bullshit. Like, he has this whole character moment where he's like, in, in this chapter, is, is one of the most in compelling parts of this character's journey so far, where he is standing there, wand at the ready, trying, like, he has, he has in his head some way where he's going to murder Sirius Black. And then he has sentences of just, like, I'm ready to do it. Sirius is standing there waiting to be killed. Hermione and Ron watching in terror, like, is, is Harry going to kill him? Harry's in his head, he's hearing, do it now, like, kill him. And then he doesn't. And there's this, there's this pause moment, this sort of, you know, the, the the pregnant pause hangs in the air and he's like, I guess I'm not going to do it. And then that's a huge, again, a huge character moment. You have moment. to back down from that. He, well, not only back down, he realizes he doesn't, he's not, sure. he doesn't have that in him. Sure. He just, he just, he just he had, learned something about himself. Yeah, exactly. He had all the opportunity in the world and he wanted to, and he had all the, the, the justifications. Everything. More so than other people because most people don't have a part of someone else who's pure evil whispering in you all the time to kill somebody. Exactly. And then... He doesn't. Right. But he still has all that rationale. Mm -hmm. He still has all that justification for the murder. So I don't know about you, 
But if I felt like if I had spent 300 pages hating a guy because I learned he killed my parents or was responsible for like ratting them out and then their their death and then 300 pages of being told he's a psychopath murderer everyone's out to get him he's a danger to he's killed 11 people he's just the worst I wouldn't be like super eager to bunk up with him sure I was thinking more you know classic death readers <laughs> Harry actually really likes the idea of being the you know, ward of a murderer. Because <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, I can learn something from this guy. He's got style. <laughs> he, you know what he left with those last murders? Just a pinky. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of thing, kind of guy I could learn from. Just saying. You just realized something. Meanwhile, Sirius is Harry's godfather. What's God spelled backwards? Satan. <laughs> okay, yeah. God spelled backwards is Satan. Um, I also sure I wanted to say that. Um, oh man, I lost it. I really did have something, and then you got me with what's God spelled, what's God spelled backwards. <laughs> Um, my only last note on this chapter is that, uh, it occurred to me to wonder, so like, you know, after the Dementors show up and, and Harry, after, okay, after Lupin hulks out and becomes a werewolf and goes fucking nuts and Peter gets away, Harry, Hermione, and uh, Sirius run away to the lake. Is that the same lake or is that a different lake? Because it felt like they were like, in the movie, they're in like this, it's like a small lake, it's covered in trees everywhere. Is that the same lake that they do the Goblet of Fire trials in? I believe so. Seems weird. It's, in the movie, it looks like a pond. It looks like a tiny little pond. It's a pond. Right. I think because it's probably a case of, in the movie, they needed to have a photographic lake you could be across from. And in reality... The lake is just, you know, Cute. got bends and, and whatnots, oh, okay. and they're on either side of something like that. Right. Well, because in the dark, <clears throat> the mentors are around, he's fading, he's not going to see someone across Loch Shiel. That's just ridiculous. That's the that's the name of the lake in the movie, the Loch. Loch Shield? Loch Shield. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before. I have mentioned it before in our Death Reacher's commentary, available ah, on Patreon. Nice. It's also the Highlander Lake, Loch. So after that, it occurred to me, well, like once Harry like gets saved and everything happens, he, uh, I, I just occurred to me, like how many, fucking, how much chocolate would it take, to, overcome the effects of a hundred, like dementors coming at you, and then the very exact beginning of the next chapter, it's like oh a boulder size, <laughs> cute. So I just, it was like this bridge connector of these two chapters where at the end of this one, I was, I was like, I had, I just thought I was super clever because I was like, how, how much, I was like nudging myself, like, how much chocolate do you think is going to take? How much chocolate? And then open up, it's like, Madame Pomfrey hands Harry and Hermione a boulder sized piece of chocolate. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Asked and <fuck> answered. <laughs> I mean. Answers will be given to those who ask for them at Hogwarts. There you go. Also, I realized, okay. I realized what my, my note was on the uh, Godfather thing. Do you think that in the Harry Potter uh, Godfather, 
like parody that Buckbeak's head would be in Sirius's uh, bed? Yes. And <laughs> I know, I know. I know. You come to me on the, the day of the sorting. I believe in Gryffindor. When you ask me, we, we put in Gryffindor. <laughs> but you're, you're just so well in Slytherin. You're out, Ron. <laughs> yeah. We can do this all day. I knew it was you, Sirius. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> that's all I have for this chapter, uh, The Dementor's Kiss. I mean, I, but... I got, and we end it with a kiss? There's got to be, yeah. There's got to be more to we could talk about in this one, but like... There's not. I mean, I mean, it's it's just like it's a bridge it, chapter. It is, but it it's bridging the Shrieking Shack events and the <laughs> upcoming. You know what it is? Is this is the thing the problem I have with this move, this book? Is I feel like it tries to have three climaxes. I, I always consider this part the 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 secret fourth act. But yeah, but what do you mean? Well, I think it's the same idea. Like okay. the, the real climax of the film is the last chapter mm-hmm. or two, but then. This chapter's like, nuh-uh, <laughs> did somebody want an encore? <laughs> and then they do, a, like, there's a big werewolf fight, and then and then they're like, oh, you thought werewolf fights were cool? How about some fucking time travel? <laughs> and then it's like, what? So we're just gonna, we're literally just gonna go through the same shit that happened in the, in the climax again. <laughs> like, we're just gonna rehash it. No, you're absolutely right. I think... It kind of feels because because she's J.K. Rowling's talked about how much how excited she was to write about Lupin. She yeah. loves Lupin too. And does she hate any of her characters? I mean, like, oh, I think she does. Nice. Continue. Um, she's excited to 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 write this and write about them. And I kind of maybe it started maybe feel like maybe she rushes the ending a little bit. And that would explain the werewolf, the ne- negligence, and the, the the serious turnaround. She wants to get to the time travel part because that's the part she's so clever. And it's 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 not uncleverly written. No. But I think that might be she could have. Well, Actually, squeeze a few more chapters into that. Well, especially everything after that. Like, after that, it's so rushed. It where, is. like, they're like... I always remember this this last leg being so much longer, and it's not. It's I, I it's like, over in a trice. I feel like the last chapter is, like, eight pages or something. Like, it's a, it's one of those short chapters in the book, and it, it just... Saying it wraps everything up is almost kind, because <laughs> like, it just sort of ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a little ahead of where we are. But, sure. but again, just sort of overview of this whole like, yeah, this like like. So that's what we have in this chapter, and then we have this awesome final scene where Harry gets to confront the Dementors at the lake, and then again, it sort of just like it, it ends with an ambiguity that again in the in the in the very next chapter everything's explained in classic Potter fashion, which I always love, but I can understand why you don't. Oh, three ninety four. Okay, I have 388. Oh, you have page number one. No, I don't. I actually don't. That was... Ex- that was... Big son of a bitch. 388 was me taking the thing about the chocolate, and I already did that. They have just time oh, traveled. Except I will say, with the chocolate, that it reminded me of... where Because Harry has, like, trouble eating it. Like, it feels weird. Like, what kind of chocolate is this? Is it, like, extra dark, where right. it's, like, really bitter? Right. It reminded me of, nothing tastes as good as being thin feels. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Harry. Anyway, go ahead. 394. In here, Hermione seized Harry's arm and dragged him across the hall to the door of the broom closet. She opened it, pushed him inside among the buckets and mops, and slammed the door behind them. The two people... Door slamming. Door slamming. 
See, I was thinking about that this whole chapter and trying to find it. Yeah. Because and I and I listened to our last podcast and where that part showed up. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I was trying to find uh, like flaws in in that. And I, the thing that tripped me up was that that the first time that happens where you were like call back, remember this. That that scene starts with describing them in the Great Hall mm-hmm. eating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but then, then I read the time travel chapter and I was like, they don't ever go to the Great Hall. And then I realized that's because they they say instead of going to the Great Hall or something, wait, they went to a closet or some other shit. Right. And I was like, that's it's just it's like well, I so little they, such such a, a little amount of space in the book is taken up with explaining that they don't go to the Great Hall, no, but, they go somewhere else. Okay. So yeah, here's the thing, they they move in time to- they move in space as well as time. Yes. Go back a page <clears throat> or a paragraph. He was standing next to Hermione in the desert- deserted entrance hall. And a stream of golden sunlight was falling across the paved floor in front of the open front doors. Um, so from the hospital wing, they, I mean, her necklace does more than just move you in time. Hmm. Is the hospital not by the entrance, I guess? Does she always reappear in the entrance hall? I don't know. So she, like, finishes class up in the tower in divination, flips her thing, goes to the entrance hall, and goes off to the different class. So that she would doesn't be, have to retrace her that, steps. That seems like an unfortunate Is caveat. There, is her time turner tied to the entrance hall? Well, I don't... Maybe she I mean, can, maybe... She, maybe she can misuse it as much then? What if... Okay. It actually isn't a space-traveling machine. Okay. But it actually follows the rules of real time. Oh, where the Earth has moved? The Earth has moved. I feel like she'd be thousands of miles away, even in that three hours. I don't know. Maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. Here's what I bet. Okay. JK didn't think this hard about it. <laughs> But I mean, you want her to have thought hard about it. I do. I don't understand. They right. were in the hospital wing. Actually, the, we okay, have a map to of be fair, To be fair, they may shut up. That's my that's my to be fair voice. To be fair, <laughs> we're just gonna read this whole book. We did that already. <laughs> Chapter one, outpost. <laughs> All right, Snape losing his shit. I love too. Yeah, that was really the, good. That, it comes back in other books and you're like like I, I like his temper i like how oh, it, it, it makes him a re- realistic character and also explains a lot but it also makes him easily easy to for children to hate well yeah that's true too because like children are people who have you know tempers not like adults fucking don't but sure. i mean like i think it's one of those easy character traits for them to like relate to having had someone do that to them and then them like feel bad like not want to be around that person or despise that person no no, no. I thought maybe they'd run out of the hospital wing to talk to Fudge outside, but it looks like Fudge comes back in. So they're not even outside the hospital wing, and they go from the hospital wing to the entrance hall. I'm pretty sure... Okay, so she turns the time thing in the hospital wing. Three and turns, which I guess a turn is an hour. Right, and then I'm pretty sure she just walks... They walk right out of the hospital wing and are in the entrance hall. Yeah, in the movie, but even then, even the, in the movie... I'm saying I think the hospital wing and the entrance are adjacent. I don't think so. Well, that's, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I feel like there's no way it's that The sloppy. dark ward was that dissolved. Mean? What does that mean? What they were the in the ward, ward the hospital, oh, okay. the ward. And it was The dark place? ward dissolved, blah, 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 description no, no, of time travel. Okay. Standing next to Hermione in the deserted entrance hall. Read the description of the time All travel. Right. Uh, Sorry, everyone. This, this is Death Readers Rules Lawyers. The dark ward dissolved. Harry had the sensation that he was flying very fast backwards, as if through space, I add. 
a blur of colors you and shapes. you added that or is that there? Yeah, no, I added oh, that. Well, you know, don't add Or we find Harry had the sensation that he was flying very fast backwards. A blur of colors and shapes rushed past him. His ears were pounding. He tried to yell, but he couldn't hear his own voice. And then he felt solid ground beneath his feet and everything came into focus again. He was standing next to Hermione in the deserted entrance hall. Rob was right and Doug's an ass. That, oh, was, that was in there. It's in my copy. Oh my God, what a baby. You're, a, you're like a tiny little mandrake. Don't squeeze a baby like that. <laughs> it's not okay. All right. I mean, that's weird. I, 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 I agree with you. It's weird. Like, maybe... I, I think at this point she's just typing furiously. Yeah. I, like, kick it, 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 it adds to your whole, like, rushed, like, theory. And I don't think it's rushed like, oh, I'm sick of writing this. It's just rushed. I want to get to this other part. Yeah, but, like, it's not like she wrote this in one stretch. You know what I mean? Maybe she did write this fourth act. Maybe, but, like, books have to go through editors. Like, you'd you'd have to have somebody proof it and then have them go, hopefully, like, hey, uh, great book. Love it. (laughs) Last couple 20, 30 pages. Like, is is that it? You got... She's like, oh, no, we'll do this all again in the fourth book. And they're like, no, no, I expected that. <laughs> that goes without saying, JK. I mean, it's, it's you. It's Harry Potter. It's going to be repetitive. You know, the K is a, is a, is a false initial. Okay. We keep calling her JK, but I believe it's just Joanne Rowling in the end of the K. She, does she have a middle name? No, I don't think so. <laughs> hmm. They added it because the initialized boys will read it because they didn't want to buy a book by a lady. That was a publisher's thought. So we can just call you J. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. There we go. Like Michael J. Fox. Michael J.K. Fox. Because, you know, Michael J. Fox, is, J is not his middle initial. There's already a Michael Fox. So. Connect Michael J. Fox to Harry Potter. All right. We're doing this. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see here. Michael J. Fox. Hmm. No. <laughs> no. Oh. No. I found it. Okay. Wait, I found that one. I found it. Okay. I found it. Okay. I fucking found it. Yeah, crazy guys. I fucking found it. Okay. Michael J. Fox. Yes. In Frighteners. Okay. Directed by Peter Jackson. Right. Peter Jackson directs Lord of the Rings. The girl who kills the Nazgul because she's a woman and not a man. Right. In Danny Deckchair. I don't even know what that is. Danny Deckchair is like an Australian movie with the guy from Danny Deckchair. What's his fucking name? Uh... Do you? He's Luna's fucking dad. Oh, yeah, okay. I think. I think he's Luna's dad. Yep, Reese Evans. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Whole thing at the end of the episode, or staying in. Who gives a shit? Sorry, everybody, but that's what it's like. <laughs> when when the microphone's off, that's it. <laughs> that is the entirety of how time is spent. <laughs> I feel like there's a version of us who take the time turner and flip it three times to go back three hours before we started that bullshit and just continue the episode with the same momentum we had before. I mean, I mean... Fuck, there's going to be a lot of dead space you're going to have to cut out of that. <laughs> like just, I mean... But hey. I didn't do it. We did it. It's not the same. It is the same. I'm do you think loser. that Harry would be the hero he is without Ron and Hermione? No, he'd be better. He'd be worse. Because, you know, he says that the whole point of this shit. Of course he's going to tell them that. They're fucking leeches. They're hanging on. No. Whatever. No, they... They're only with him because he's famous. He... he Just he, like me. He... Def- <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> you got me there. All right. Where were we? Where I've got, were I've we? got 407, I think, is my next note. Uh, isn't mine 408? 
Oh, that was the moon drifting behind the clouds. Uh, I'm proud we got there. No, it was good. No, I'm proud of you. For sure. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Okay, 396. Okay, 396. 396. What do we got here? Oh, oh, I remember. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the grammar of time travel. Okay. When, where, who, now, past, future? I mean, future? Douglas Adams said it the best. I don't have what he said. But I wrote, I'm pedantic. Mm-hmm. But damn, Hermione, there's a time and a place for time, tra- time travel philosophy. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Regarding, he's like... We were walking down to Hagrid's three hours ago. This is three hours ago, and we are walking down to Hagrid's. We just heard ourselves. Shut the fuck up. You know for how he's trying to compartmentalize this so they can do their mission, what he means, the way he's using pronouns. Why are you wasting time with this shit? Okay, yeah. Just over butterbeers later, like, wow, man, we were there. It was the same thing. Especially considering they have to waste, like, fucking an hour later just sitting. (laughs) That'd be a great time to have this conversation. (laughs) But, I mean, you know what he means. Right. That's just rude. Yeah. What is that about? Come on. I don't know. Maybe maybe she, it's like she's just trying to get... She's trying to accelerate his understanding. But he doesn't need it. But he might. Like It sounds he, like, it sounds like he didn't Potter understand it. is like a Daniel Craig James Bond. He's a blood instrument. Point him at fucking something, he goes at it. I guess. Yeah. A little less... Dumbledore's Sex Anne. assault, I'd assume, than James Bond, but... What? What? Daniel Craig doesn't do that. He's a good Bond. Is he? I've never seen a single one of He's his He's a gold Bond. Bond. He's a war bond. <laughs> Buy him for 10 cents and really stick it to those krauts. Help our boys in overseas. <laughs> but what about Daniel Craig in uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? What about that Daniel Craig? What about him? He's a good guy. Yeah, nice. He's really he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. He's, he's super yeah, cool. <laughs> What about Daniel Craig in in The Last Jedi or Force Awakens, whichever one? Where he's a stormtrooper. He's a bad guy. I haven't I haven't seen it. I don't remember. I barely remember he's in it. My point is, I haven't seen it. I agree that Hermione's grammar is dumb, and as it's a, just a bad time. To as do a person it. who's insufferably pedantic, right? That I can wait ag- a second. <laughs> I mean, it's okay when I say it. It's yeah. <laughs> she. Uh, it does seem like like oh my god, Hermione. Let it go. Right? Yeah, whatever. I'll forgive it. Okay. Yeah. What's your next What's your next note? Oh. There's a part, this isn't a real, I don't have a page number for this, but there's a part in the time travel sequence that makes me laugh in the book because I feel like it plays way better in the movie, which is the part where they're, everyone's about to go out to get Buckbeak from Hagrid's Oh, heart, right. And then... Um, the X-Men's all pissy. N- yeah, n- yeah but no, but... Oh, sorry. Uh, Dumbledore says, hey, Executioner, you've got to come in and sign this. Oh, I forgot. He does this whole, like, almost as if he knows and he right. has to extend the time. Mm-hmm. He knows he has to get them back inside mm-hmm. because they have Harry I and Hermione. Like, I feel that. like he does. But how? And I don't need to know exactly how. Dumbledore. I'm just, yeah, exactly. Dumbledore knows. I, I, I know. But, like, his awareness of the time loop doesn't make sense. How do we know he's the Dumbled- he's not a Dumbledore from the future? Well, I don't know what that means. Maybe Dumbledore was never going to go down to Buckbeak's execution. And so future Dumbledore <sighs> took his own time turner, went back in time to delay it. I don't, I don't know, man. That feels wrong. But I don't know. It, like I said, it just it just feels weird. Maybe Dumbledore's like, the kind of guy who knows how to use a time turner to hang out with himself. Maybe. But, like, 
it just it feels like every part of Dumbledore around this interaction is him knowing. Yeah. And also kind of, even the part where he's like, and if you do everything successfully, perhaps you can save more than one innocent life tonight. And it's like, but then and then and again, the movie does a great job of him walking right out the door and locking the key, and then going, "Oh, cool, you guys did it, great." Um, to that, right? Dumble. If 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 my idea of time traveling Dumbledore is bullshit, which I'm pretty sure it is, sure, he's already gone through this once and seen Buckbeak has mysteriously disappeared. So he would have, at the point where he said, right. "You will save more than one life tonight," know that they have gone back in time to do that. Okay, that's... he doesn't know they're successfully going to get serious yet, but he's he's like he's like. So he could presume he could be like, "Man, that's weird that he was he's gone." Oh shit! What if? Right. And then is like, uh, and then like plants the like inceptions yes. it like plants the suggestion to yes. them, and then okay, I would take that, which is that's not time travel bullshit. No. That's just like his actual time. Yeah, loop that's just him being sense. really fucking clever. Yeah, exactly. I would I buy that so much more. That that would be cool. Again, it would be cool if he if he gave a little bit of a you know because he's gonna go out there and he's gonna be in Hagrid's hut and he's gonna be like you know Buckbeak did not pull there's no signs of a struggle there's no torn rope there's no broken splintered wood someone untied him interesting keep following also, that away like, for later there's also mentions a lot in this that's this the previous sequence where they're taking Buckbeak away where they talk about him clawing at the ground so it kind of makes it seem like hippogriffs would leave tr- like trails and mm-hmm. tracks mm-hmm. nobody's gonna find them. Hagrid does have a pumpkin patch, so maybe there's a lot of detritus. Maybe, not, but I feel, like, I feel claw like claw marks, clean claw marks in the dirt, or maybe he noticed one. I would expect, yeah, that's my. I, I, gotcha. I, I would I gotcha. expect either Dumbledore or Hagrid to make a note of like, shit, there's a hippogriff tracks right over there. A Dumbledore could easily have seen Harry and Hermione skulking sure, too. Sure, and be like, hmm. But again, I would love any of that to be sort of peppered in as like a, as a, I saw you guys from the bushes, wink or, or something like, just nothing. Again, it's if it's. For these specific chapters, it does feel like it's a part of the whole rushed aspect. Sure. But as the impression overall of Harry Potter, it's sometimes these things keep happening. <laughs> I see. Where like stuff's just left out and we have to work it out because it is it doesn't make sense. What's your next note? Uh, I think that's my notes. Oh no, that's not my notes for the chapter. I have one other note. What page number? Does it have a page number? Oh, it has a page number already because I did my job. Mm-hmm. Four twelve. I have more before that. 407. When Harry's describing to Hermione the incident with the Patronus charm and the the Dementors, he is telling her he thinks it's his dad. And she has this reaction to him where it's like, oh, Harry. There's a moment in this describing where she's like, it's like, Hermione looks at him as if he's gone insane or something like that. There's some sort of description where she appears to doubt his sanity because he's describing seeing a dead person. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I have a problem with that. And my main problem with that is they, for three books, they they know ghosts. <laughs> they deal they with are magic. first name basis with ghosts. <laughs> well, I w- further to that, they've also talked to memories. Yes. Uh, paintings fucking move. Yes. Of dead people. Yes. There's a million ways. And clearly, they're only in the third year. There's shit they don't know yet. Not only that. And maybe Hermione doesn't know this, but you know, in in the second book, was it the second book? What's the yeah second book where a, a literal memory of a guy? <laughs> I just said that. Oh, did you just say that? So they talk to memories. No, no, no. The literal memory of a guy almost manifests into being corporeal. So that's what I meant. Well, that's not the same as talking to a memory. You're right. He almost like a memory of a guy almost becomes a fully fledged physical sure. flesh and blood yes. person. Does she just not remember that? <laughs> like, like anyway, it just it 
it feels like there's it's, and even that like w would there be a way to to extract James Potter from the Marauders map? That's right, because you you've you've pointed out how they put their personalities into it. Right. Could could Harry like get his dad back? I don't know. Be a young asshole version of his dad. So he'll eventually grow. I mean, maybe he'll probably grow up to be a different guy. Right, and it sounds like a lot like the way that that magic has to work is somebody has to die in order for that person to come that's back That's true, out. although Harry was about to kill Sirius. Yeah. Can you do that? Just what? Well, I think that the can person... You, can you tear your soul and bring somebody else back with it? It's to be powered by your soul, though, so that wouldn't work. Yeah. Anyway, I like your soul extraction idea. Yeah, like... You take sort of like a magical clone from traces of someone else's magic, right? Or you just you you swap, like you say, this person died un unjustly. Let's take someone that we're just allowing to live a, a horrible life, like eventually, because this is the only one I can think of, Barty Crouch Jr. Take them and say you fucking died, death sentence. But we don't we don't waste life. We can we found someone who's done one of these weird fucking memory things. We're gonna let we're gonna bring that person back. Okay, so just to reveal some knowledge of the future book, we know oh, that no. memory was a part of a soul, and that's how that Are happened. You about specifically, the Horcrux. I don't know what that is, but the memory in the diary yeah, yeah. Uh, was part of a soul. So Barty Crouch Jr. Well, let's not say that. Let's say a Dementor kisses somebody and removes their soul. Sure. Could you put that into that person and have that person be? A living being, living like functional. Like, where does that soul that a Dementor removes go? No, I don't care about that. Oh. I'm saying, can you take that soul from the diary right. and put it into the empty shell into of the, the person? the soulless person. I don't know. Okay. Magic's weird. Magic is weird. It works when you need it to. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> um, 408. The part about Hermione being like, when Harry's like, let's go get Peter Pettigrew, when they're watching all right. that shit happen, and she's like, no! <laughs> no, we can't! Uh, that would make this all too that would ruin the next book <laughs> that's basically what she says and, and I think that's fucking bullshit like, like that's total bullshit like okay example what happens to Lupin's clothes when he hulks out I feel cause in the movie he's fucking naked like I'm pretty sure he just loses all of his I'm clothes think, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking he, he goes full David Kessler rips them off. Yes. Or they rip off. So, so the Marauders maps in his clothes pile, mm -hmm. presumably left in the left out there in the in the uh, you know on the grounds where everybody else scatters. So it's just sitting there by the uh, Whomping Willow. So they have a hippogriff. They could go get the Marauders map, find Peter Pettigrew on it because they know it shows where he is at least around the the Hogwarts grounds. Right. Then fucking fly this hippogriff in that direction till they're right over top of it and smash down on him and get him. Okay, I don't think anybody's thinking about that. I don't think they're thinking that Lupin's got the map on him. He said he has the map. But they he, they fact, he physically might... saw him with the map. They sh didn't didn't he show them like in the map? No, I thought he left the map in his office. I think he has the map. I could no he, he. I don't remember. I think he was he in his office and he saw Peter Pettigrew and that's what started this whole thing. But no, he, I think he took the map with him. Okay, I think he took the map with him to the to the Shrieking Shrek because he was following Peter Pettigrew and everybody else going into the Whomping Willow, and he's like, "I have to go there." Because they could have gone somewhere else, I guess. After that, but it wouldn't matter if they disappeared at the right. So if they disappeared at the Whomping Willow, it wouldn't help him. So he's like, "I'm assuming they're going to the Shrieking Shack. That's where I'm going to go. Leave the map here and go get them." Maybe. 
That would mess up my plan. It would mess up your plan. But I don't remember where. It's not a bad I, plan. I don't remember where the map is. Here, let me let me follow up that since we're talking about the map. This is not my idea. I've seen this on Reddit a number of times. Why didn't Lupin notice two Harry and Hermione's? When would he have noticed two Harrys and Hermione's? Harry and Hermione watched oh, on the map. Right. Because they're in the view. They're sitting there watching everybody go into the Whomping Willow, and then Lupin come along, and then Snape come along, get the cloak. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. Um, I mean, I, I could I could force a reason, but okay. it's not a good one. Well, let's hear what we got. It's the same sort of concept about where the grounds are. Like, what is on the map? Does it include the lake? Does it include the where, uh, wherever they're actually so Maybe hidden? they're like in a blind spot and they don't know it. But they're on the edge of the map. Sure. Like, maybe... Because what we, we know from... Here's what we know about the grounds of Hogwarts and how they're laid out from the previous books. Okay. At least up to this point. There's this weird cave and caverns under the under Hogwarts like where the Chamber of Secrets is. Mm-hmm. Because the same sort of logic would apply to the Chamber of Secrets. How come the Marauder's Map couldn't have helped them find it? James and Because they didn't know where it was. Right. So they, they, mapped, they wrote the map based on what they've But what if someone discovered. was... What if there was somebody in the Chamber of Secrets while they were at the school? They would have had to discover the Chamber of Secrets and go, oh, we're adding this to the map. No, what I'm... Here, here's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, they're... Chamber of Secrets is under Hogwarts. Right. So they see Tom Riddle, because they went to school with him, right? Because this all happened... No. No? Oh, no. Hagrid and... No, Hagrid's 50 years ago. Okay. They were 20 years ago. Okay, never mind, because they they weren't even there with the Marauders map when that happened. Fuck. All right, well... Shit. Because nobody else would be in there. Right, because no one spoke parcel tongue to open it up. Right. All right, well... Damn. But, okay, so so the, the... but the Chamber of Secrets is essentially like, I think it's around the same place as the Whomping Willow. It's like just below it. And well, the Chamber of Secrets is into the girl's bathroom. Right, but it goes down and then like way out of the out of the school. Because remember, they come out of the cavern. There's that opening and the, that cave that opening. That was in the movie. No, that, that was in the book too. No, in the book, they just go back up the tube. Oh, do they? Yeah. Back up the, the bathroom. the movie fucks it up. Yeah. Because, yeah, if that cave was there, they totally would have. Right. At least, at least Sirius and Peter would have right. gone scrabbling down there, checking right. shit out. Right, convoluted bullshit. But whatever. Um, no, I just, I still feel like the idea of Hermione of all people should be like, you know, what Dumbledore said was, w- he didn't say free Sirius. He said save an innocent life. You know what helps save an innocent life is if you found evidence. He tells him to find you don't have any evidence of Sirius's innocence. Right. It feels like there's all these things where he's hinting at them to like find Peter Pettigrew, get Peter Pettigrew, get the evidence that Sirius didn't kill him and that he's alive. We know you can force him out of being an animate an animagus. You can mm-hmm. force him out of mouse form or rat form. If you could just get him, like the, the idea of like that would solve so much, like. If anybody would know what habeas corpus was, it would be Hermione and know that she, that's, that would be really helpful in this situation. But, like, she doesn't. She, in, in fact, she's like, no, <laughs> no, we can't do that. <laughs> and then just, like, just, like, just, it just puts a stopper in it. It's, it's. The ultimate no end. Yeah, seriously. Like, this anyway. premise stops here. It, yeah, it's just, it just, and then Harry's like, okay. <laughs> I'll back off. Like, it's like, two steps away from being like bossy. Like, <laughs> she's not bossy. She's a boss. That's what I mean. Like it's that kind of thing where it's like she's being that kind of like person where it's like, I guess it's your, is Hermione and the being a jerk book. Hermione Granger 
colon being a jerk. Um, yeah, and that's that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Oh, okay, no, actually, it's not. <laughs> I didn't think so. I didn't feel it. Didn't feel right. Here's the thing. It is just against her character, right? Mm-hmm. She has an hour of time sitting there, right, where she's just like, I'm like laser focused. Got to wait till this thing happens. We can do this other thing. And then when Harry's like, we could solve so much if we just get Peter. And she's like, no. Okay, the reason that bothers me more than anything else is because it's against her character because it's an opportunity that's presented to Hermione to overachieve. And she turns it down. But she is also stringently following the rules that were hammered into her. Like, if you but get I... this time turner, you can't fuck with time at all. And she probably has way more examples than she's given Harry. But how does she know not? she'd be fucking with time? Here's here's what I'm saying. She wouldn't be. If she goes... Because she didn't... Okay, go ahead. If she goes and gets Peter, yeah. if they go get Peter, they're still following the same amount of time it takes for them to end up getting around to the the place where they meet uh, outside of the, the hospital ward. Because all that time has to pass normally mm-hmm. for them to start to get back to their normal life and their normal time. So Peter, they don't know what he's been doing. Sure. They don't know that he's he's done anything else. For all they know, as soon as they grab him, that's where his time continues. Maybe she just doesn't believe that they could handle Peter Pettigrew. Maybe, but that still feels like take it a shot, Hermione. Like But then if they're spending all their time doing that and Sirius gets his Dementor make out. I mean, unfortunately the truth is because Harry has to be there to save himself. Yeah, that's also like, true. But like and they don't know that yet. But she doesn't know that. That's my point. She yeah, doesn't know that it was him. If she hadn't waffled, he would never would have been there to save himself. But she doesn't so she know that. Predest- she, she, she doesn't she was know predestined that. too. We know that. That's what I'm saying. But that's we but, okay. We do know that. But I'm saying it's not a good justification for that character's actions. And the following the rules isn't. No, because I don't feel like that. Fall. I feel like if I can come up with a way to justify that you're still following the rules, Hermione should have been able to. Hmm. Like if she should have been able to say. Oh yeah, we we have no evidence that Peter did anything else after this exact moment. We should go grab him. Unless that's even what... she could go grab him, and Harry could still go check out to see who his dad is. Like this is all happening so much time before that incident happens. Unless that's what Dumbledore was covering when he said, "You know the law." He's saying, "Don't color outside the lines." Fucking Buckbeak, serious. You're done. And get but back this here could be on part time. Of serious. That's you what I'm get saying. Get back here on time. Going after Peter Pettigrew, you wouldn't get back on time. But this could be saving Sirius. As soon as they get back, they haven't executed Sirius yet. They could just take the the mouse up there and go. Here he is. We found Peter Pettigrew. This is how we save him. We don't have to get him out and keep him a fugitive for the next fucking however many books. I feel like him. He's he's got he's 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 scurrying outside the range of the map. It'd be it would take too long to find him. They have a time. But window. she doesn't say that. Like there's no part where she says they don't even have a map. Like so again, like it's. So how are they gonna find Peter Pettigrew? Follow him. You can see him running away. They, no, he turns to a mouse and runs away into the pumpkin patch. No. Or like tell Buckbeak, hey Buckbeak, you want to eat a mouse, eat a rat rather. Rah! Yeah, Buckbeak would do it. He loves eating bloody shit. That's true. And he's probably got a really good fucking mouse detector. Snoot. Mouse detector. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, Snoot. <laughs> Last thing I have on this chapter, unless you have more. Well, you I, have I've one got more, right? Four twelve. Go for it. Just Hermione. Getting a little bit of her own grammar sass back. Nice. When, when, when she's like, did anybody see you? And Harry goes, yeah, I saw me. I already told you that. Like, fuck you for all night. All night with this. No, it is us. It yeah. is the same fucking thing. Right. Well, fuck you. Same thing. Anybody right. see me? Yeah, I saw me. I fucking told you that. And then she's like, well, I guess it was a pretty cool Patronus. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, good job, Harry. We're working a little revenge amidst all this. Yeah. Should have been but, Slytherin. But even though, yeah. 
that whole thing about like the Patronus out of nowhere, he just gets to fully manifest uh, his animal Patronus. Yeah, because he knew he already done it. That's stupid. No, That's he's not thinking fourth dimensionally. Works. Yes, he's thinking fourth dimensionally. The bridge That's ends, not how it works. but in the future, it's been built. And also, what are the chances? What 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 are the chances that bridge, that old rickety ass bridge, is going to be for a hundred years in the exact same dimensions? It's not going to warp. It's not going to break. The DeLorean can just continue on that track. It's not going to be arrested. They're not going to do any bridge maintenance and have the bridge a couple feet higher or lower. It's bullshit. Yes. Okay. But so is Harry somehow being able to manifest a fully formed Patronus. No, because he already knew he could, man. That is power came from that inside That doesn't him. make sense. It's a, what do they call it? Is it a bootstrap par- that's, paradox? That's a bullshit paradox. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> A boot full of shit paradox. It's either what, what you have to call it. <laughs> boot shit paradox. There's some shit in my boot. <laughs> That's not how it goes. It is now. There's a Slytherin in my boot. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else in this chapter? Nope. I have. Why didn't Buckbeak eviscerate Sirius? So we have this whole big thing about... When you first approach a hippogriff, mm-hmm. you have to be really nice. To oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You just have to be super sure nice. Do. Sirius just jumps on his back. I think it's because Harry's already ridden him. Right. But then they leave Sirius with Buckbeak, and Buckbeak's like, doesn't do any of that ceremony. Buckbeak knows what's up. It's a boot full of shit again. <laughs> that only works in paradoxes. This is, well, it stinks like a boot full of shit. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Anyway, he doesn't. It's he a doesn't. Hat full of shit. He doesn't bow. He doesn't have any of that moment. Like Draco gets a little sassy and, and get, like almost gets Buckbeak murdered. Sirius just is a murderer, presumably, at this point. Sure. He looks like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone through all the torment and hell of some enough that would make a person a crazy person. And Buckbeak's like, well, I guess you've already been on my back. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe Buckbeak just likes a bad boy. Ooh. Then why wouldn't he like Draco? Because Draco's, I don't know. Didn't work. It didn't work. God damn it. Okay. I'm done with that chapter. How I'm are you? I'm done with that chapter too. Good. Chapter 22 outpost again. Holy shit. <laughs> what? No, I just, you're, you're very uh, angry. I got, very page, passionate. I got page 420. I got, <laughs> I got page 420. It's reflexive. Like you couldn't help yourself. You know the people I work with. Yeah. Uh, 419. Go for it. Button pushing Dumbledore again. Jesus Christ, dude. Come on. Wait, say it again? Button pushing Dumbledore. Remember Christmas yeah, yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, Fucking with Snape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it again. Yeah. Dumbledore alone looked calm. Indeed, he looked as though he were quite enjoying himself. Yeah. And uh, Snape's just fucking it's foaming fucking, at the mouth. It's a just troll. losing his shit. Like, the Minister of Magic is going, dude. Right. I'm, I just lost Sirius Black. I'm embarrassed as fuck. Chill out. Right. And Snape's just like, yeah. And Dumbledore's like, yeah. <laughs> Come on. This is dark. This is some dark shit. Boot full of shit eating grin. How <laughs> much can you stack onto this? I'll see how long it goes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next, 420 said? Yeah, uh, I'm going to read this section because uh, it's it's important. Okay. It's one of the times when I get to say, oh, foreshadowing, or oh, callback, or oh, two peop- the last pair of people slammed the door. Okay. Okay. Page 420. 420. Harry Potter. Fellow seems quite unbalanced, said Fudge, staring after him. I'd watch out for him if I were you, Dumbledore. Fudge calls it. Fudge calls it. Book three. 
That's you can't that's get a, much more foreshadowing than that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. a really good point. I read that. I, I, when I read that, I was just like, oh! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> Snape's gonna kill Dumbledore! Oh, shit! That's, It'd yeah. be quite a twist if that's what happens. It would be. <laughs> a time twist. 421? Or go for it. Fucking giant squid again. <laughs> really? Says giant squid again. They say it again, and almost in the same, like, it's almost like she copy-pasted the, the sentence from the last time. It lazily plays with its tentacles on the surface of the lake. So fucking, yeah, you talk about lazy. You know who's lazily straping their tentacles over their keyboard? Fucking JK. Oh, no. You know what the K stands for? Kraken, bitch. Put it in there. That's what it's fucking called. It should be called fucking Kraken. It's not giant squid. God damn it. It's not a fucking fjord, okay? It doesn't connect to the ocean. You can't just have a giant squid show up on the banks of this thing. It's a lake. It's landlocked. That's why they call them lakes. Pick pick the right words. You're passionate about this? I hear that. It is a lock. It's not a lake. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to end up in Azkaban. <laughs> or I am. Yeah, they won't end up with my foot in your Azkaban. <laughs> Just saying, if you you pick the right words because you're an author, you choose lock or lake, because I'm pretty sure she says lake. Oh, she says lake. I say lock. Yeah, oh. she says lake. Okay. She says lake, then she goes giant squid. Just fucking pick the right one. It's just they don't, they're not interchangeable. <sighs> now I don't remember when it said Kraken. You said that was in the first book. Pretty sure. Okay. You know, I, I, I fucking shit. If, if I'm wrong and she never said Kraken, if she said Giant Squid every time. I feel like she had to have said Kraken. Right? She had to have. We're going to have to look it up now. No. I want to get the end of book seven before we look it up. <laughs> Maybe. But <laughs> if if I'm wrong, I'll eat my weight in calamari. <laughs> words. You won't just eat your boot full of shit? Oh. That doesn't sound as tasty. I don't like, I don't like calamari. I mean, if it's fried, it's okay. I just, I don't like the idea of eating tentacles. I don't like the idea of eating a uh, pig butthole. Okay. That's a uh, bit of a left turn. Well, so. I also would not eat pig butthole. That's the oh, thing. that's the fake, the fake calamari. calamari. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what restaurants sometimes do is they buy pig intestines and they, they cut it up into, they just slice it like an onion ring. And then they're like, they fry it and they're like, yeah, it's a tentacle. Eat it. And you're like, that's pig butt. And they're like, no. <laughs> I mean. Legally, we have to deny this. Sausage casing is intestine. I'm not that concerned about. It. I'd rather eat. I eat fried. If it if the menu said fried pig butthole with a tasty sauce, I would say yes. Give me that. I'll eat that. I don't want to eat your your fucking tentacles, but I'll eat that fried pig butthole. That's seems weird, but okay. It's I'll you, put man. your tubes down my tubes. You know what? I want to walk that one back. I don't think you can. <laughs> I think I want to take that back. I don't think you can. In that, retrospect, that tube has left the station. I, I. That tube has left the casing. That should not have come out of my mouth. It went it's in getting there, worse. Though. It's going to go uh, in your mouth. So 425. Yeah, I have a 425 also. Okay, mine's just sad Lupin. I'm just like, mm -hmm. he looks like he's going to cry. That's sad. That's sad. What's your mine. Fault? Is going back to my bullshit about fucking Hermione going off character. Okay. It says, Dumbledore says, quote, you helped uncover the truth. Right. Bullshit. What truth? Everyone in this conversation who knows the truth are still the only ones who know the truth. Before and after the time travel. They didn't uncover anything. 
They just released a prisoner. He's still on the lam. That's a good point. It's, the it's, truth came out, but they didn't help uncover it. Exactly. They didn't help uncover it. And, and no one knows. No one believes them, even if they went around telling everybody. Right. Snape is convinced the Minister of Magic that they're under a spell. How long does a spell like that fucking last? Like, how long before they like, continue to admit this before the, before the Minister of Magic's like, wow, I should really listen to this kid. It's been a year. Okay. Go with me on this? Yeah, sure. I'm going to dug this. What does that mean? It's what you always do. Oh, okay. I guess. Just, 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 just sit back. I, I mean, do a lot of things. It means you can put some tubes in your tubes. Whoa. Hold on. Perhaps Dumbledore, so egocentric, mm -hmm. he's saying, you helped uncover the truth for me. I now know the truth. That's all that matters. I'm fucking Dumbledore. But how? They still didn't give him any evidence that what they said was accurate. They brought it to his attention. If they hadn't done all that, then Dumbledore wouldn't have had the chance to go talk to Sirius. And find out the truth and the whole Peter Pettigrew thing. He's got witnesses. He has their testimony that Peter that that Sirius is not just spinning a wild yarn about a rat turning into a man. What? No, they they he doesn't. What else does he have besides their? Dumbledore goes and talks to Sirius while they're in the hospital wing. Yes. And then he comes back and talks to them. They're like, "No, it's all true." And he's like, "Okay, right." But like, you've helped uncover the truth. I believe you now. That moment what, right there. But all they did to uncover the truth was attest to everything they saw being true. Yeah. All the stuff that they saw being true would have happened and they would have been able to explain even if Sirius had died at, with the Dementors. Okay, you know what? Maybe he's just trying to make a 13-year-old boy feel better. He's like, hey, buddy. No, don't, don't be all glum. You have to uncover the truth. You're not going to think too hard about this. You're fucking Harry Potter. You don't think. You're in Gryffindor, not Ravenclaw. Sounds like everybody who was born on July 31st doesn't think much. Ooh, that's a deep burn. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Dumbledore to your Harry. <laughs> uh, I don't have. I have. Oh, what you got? Four thirty-three. Three forty-three. No, you have four thirty-three. Three four thirty-three. You don't want to have three thirty-three. If you want to have three thirty-three, we're four, gonna go back like three episodes. Four thirty-three. Okay. Well, I got four thirty. Got it. Two whole months. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I saw that too, and I was like, "Hey, there we go." Question just, answered. Justified. Yep. Cool. Two months. Two months. Still, that's whiny why bitch Harry can't take two months. I was going to go more for the, that's why the UK school system produces more smarter people. Possibly. But then again, how much fucking time is the British school system? <clears throat> what? I don't know. I didn't know. Wherever you were going to go, it sounded like it was going to be bad. Go ahead. How much time does the fucking British school system waste with fucking Quidditch? Because if it's an equivalent amount to how much is wasted in this fucking book, it's a lot of wasted time. Okay. They have, they have real sports like uh, football. Yeah, rugby, rowing. Seems like se seems like Vernon and Dursley got pretty fat, despite all that extracurricular physical activities. Damn, dude. Just saying, like. You have problems against fat people now. No, I'm just saying, like, you can't have it both ways. You can't WGK be like, rolling. oh, they got all these, you know, physical sports. That's how they take up their time with. That's good for them. And then be like. Oh, I just, I just admit their sports are better than Quidditch, by your estimation. You don't agree you think that. I said by your estimation. I, well, I would. why would you assume that I think football's better than Quidditch? Because it's real? Yeah. No, Rob, that means nothing to me. Because there's no 150-point kick? Well, that's reasonable. Okay. I mean, if a sport had that, it would just be the most ludicrous, stupid fucking thing in the world. Especially if the game ended after that kick, regardless of anything else. I will say that, at least in this book, there is some time when they're like... Where, like the part where 
again, it's forced in, but where Wood's like, now, Harry, remember, we have to win by 20 points. Like, we have to be ahead by more than 20, because if we don't, we'll still lose the cup. We'll win the game, but lose the cup. And it's like, okay, I get now that there is some strategy with the, the snitch now, but it's still dumb. Right. Just add numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you said 433? I also have 433. What's yours? 443. Oh, 443? Yeah. Really? I have 443. How? The book ends on 435. Well, then I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your 433? Ron gets an owl. Yeah, he does. But he doesn't get a name until the next book. Well, I don't remember the owl from the movie at no, all. No, you don't. The owl, Ron doesn't get an owl. No, Ron gets an owl. But not in the movie. Nope. That's Ron gets weird. an owl, baby. That's weird. It's, it, that's one of the biggest diversions for me. Really? Yeah. More so than anything else so far. I can't really think of anything else so far that really... Shanks has a whole arc. Yeah, but like he's still in the movie. <laughs> Barely. He's still there. He runs on and runs off again. Yeah. But yeah, Ron has an owl. Ron Ron's, having an owl Ron seems like the a, owled. It seems like a pretty big part of the story to leave out of the. Well, they, they had to cut down a lot. And the next movie, oh my god, it's like Ron's owl is nothing. You ain't <laughs> seen nothing yet. Awesome. Uh, so interesting. I've just gone through the entire series again, audiobook, listening to the Stephen Fry version because I've never done that in its entirety. And I heard an interesting bit. I'm gonna look this up though. I was gonna look it up and I didn't because I'm lazy. But in our copy, Serious Rights to Harry, Crookshanks took the order to the owl office for me. I used your name but told them to take the gold from my own Gringotts vault. Yeah, you don't think they would know Serious Black is paying for something? That's not, that's not my point. Yeah, well, that's my point. Okay. Uh, he goes on in the UK edition saying uh, Vault 711. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. My point is if you're using Serious Black's account, mm. no one's going to go, no. <laughs> Uh, that's Sirius Black's account. We can't just use money from that the cat. <laughs> like, like the, the, the Wizarding World works where you can send a cat to pick up your groceries, and then people will be like, taking the money from the cat, giving the cat the goods. Bye, cat. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> now, I say that knowing full well that apparently, <laughs> I haven't verified this, but apparently there's a penguin in Japan <laughs> that people have trained to go to the store to pick up goods for them. And it does exactly what I've described this cat being able to do. And so you don't think magic could make that even more amazing? I think birds are smarter than cats. Well, but magic cats? Come on. Come on, guy. Yeah, I do. Well, then, what's the problem? When you look at that penguin, yeah. you can see she's figuring things out. <laughs> she killed all but two of the other ones. <laughs> She remembers. Time <laughs> <laughs> to go. Had to, had to bring it in. No, yeah, the, always, we didn't always do it forever. We didn't do any of it <laughs> until now. Death Reader's really, the last Jurassic I'm, Park. I'm out of notes, and there was no Jurassic Park reference this whole chap, this whole, this whole uh, episode. I think we should go to Crichton next. We could. Um, Further to my yeah, sorry, uh, it's, it's okay. Seven eleven, seven vault seven eleven. I believe he says vault seven hundred eleven, the one next to yours, or from my vault, the one next to yours, vault seven hundred eleven. Which means Harry's vault is seven hundred twelve or seven hundred ten, but right next to vault seven thirteen, where the sorcerer's stone was taken. Uh, mm. So what's that about? Maybe that's why they took it out. Maybe it's just too pat. Mm. Why would they add that in the audiobook? I think that might be in the original text. Well, that's another thing. There was... Revisions? Yes. Mm. Because 
at the beginning of the book, this I also noticed, but didn't. I don't think I'd been listening to it at the time. Okay, first page. It was nearly midnight, and he was lying on his stomach in bed, the blankets drawn right over his head like a tent, a flashlight in one hand and a large leather-bound book, A History of Magic by Bethelda Bagshot, propped open against the pillow. There's a different name mm. in that, and that was, it was a different author. It's not mm. Bethelda Bagshot. I forget who it is now. Um, but so it might just be a very first edition that text was taken from. So it could be out of subsequent UK printings as well. They could have removed the Vault 711. So they could make these kind of minute changes, but they couldn't beef up the last 20 pages of this book to make a little more sense. Yeah. Great. That's Lucas fucking revisionism. <laughs> Ooh, them's fighting weights. My last note, 435. We end the chapter, we end the book, we end season three with Oh, yeah. like trying... You haven't got a godfather. Yes, I have, said Harry brightly. Right. He was my mom and dad's best friend. He's a convicted murderer, but he's broken out of wizard prison and he's on the run. He likes to keep in touch with me, though. Keep up with my news. Check if I'm happy. Right. And the Dursleys never felt safe again. Yep. That's... Everything they ever feared. His entire. To roost. His in... I will have you murdered. All Harry wants. All he does, he's so stupid, is is completely validate all of their fears. He doesn't even seem to be able, he doesn't seem to even have the capacity to try to be a good person with them. He's just such a spiteful little shitty kid. And then it's, it's just like, and then we're supposed to be like, yeah, stick it to those mean adults. No. <laughs> Go to shitty wizard juvenile detention center. Go to Juvie Azkaban, Harry. That's where you fucking... Jazkaban. No, that's an entirely different thing. Okay, well. There's gotta be a... Like, there's gotta be a bad kid school in the Wizarding World, right? Like, there's gotta be a place... Yeah, we've talked about this. Where, where, they're, where, they're, where they're policed by Bogarts instead of Dementors. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just a thing But it would be Jazkaban. That would be... Yeah, yeah, we made it up, sure. Jazz Caban is the uh, is the, the tongue in cheek dance school. Yes, yeah, the tongue in cheek uh, summer camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. We like to make it fun. <laughs> you know, it's like Azkaban. It's a, a terrible place, but we're like the happiest place. So, you know. All right, everybody, tapping school. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, just, it's just magic. It's just magic. And one, and two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Book wrap party. We wrapped it. Yeah, it was final thoughts on the whole no, book. But the well, I, I do want to. I don't feel like we really pinned okay. that last thought you had. Is it just yeah that three books in and Harry's still a fucking like dick. Mm. Harry, he's just still like can't help but be like <laughs> two months, Dursley. <laughs> I got you for two. I got you for two months, and you don't fucking look. Mess at with me, the bully, get the horns. Right, right. It, you're saying that Harry is the principal from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, I am. He he sees the Dursleys in their own like as he is in the thing that he's cut out for them. There he has assigned them a role. Mm -hmm. But what he doesn't know is that they're all a freak and a jock and a princess. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> 
Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does Celestina Warbeck know that you raided her wardrobe? <laughs> yes, that's what I'm okay. saying. Harry is, he's, he's a narrow-minded bully. Like the principal in Breakfast Club. <laughs> He gets, it's exactly the same. He gets a little bit of power. Yep. And he's going to, he's going to use it. Mm-hmm. He's going to enforce it on everyone, everyone who he feels like he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's my main, you know, thesis about Harry Potter so far is just that idea that he isn't a good person. And I don't have any reason to believe it's anything other, like, I don't have a reason to believe it's, he wouldn't have been just as evil without Voldemort's influence. Sure. Or... Or, you know, with parents. Who knows? He sure. could have been just as big a dick to them. Plenty of kids are dicks to their parents. That's true. Like, just because you're a fucking orphan doesn't mean that you would have been a great person. That's true. Absolutely. They're not all Oliver Twist or Annie. Or Batman or Superman or Peter Very Parker. Very few of them even get into vigilanteism or burst into song. Right. Or defeat dark wizards. Well, what we're saying, he's not part of that. I, I thought you were saying, oh, I thought you said... Normal orphans don't fall into these categories. Oh, I guess I was saying that. Right. Well, I thought all orphans defeated dark wizards. I don't think so. More orphans end up like Voldemort. I guess he was an orphan as well. He was. He is. He not was. Is. He's still an orphan after death. Especially if you come back. Yeah. That's a good point. I would. I would bet there are more orphans who are arsonists. Like Voldemort, than there are orphans who are superheroes. That's a sad thought. It's just, you know, functionally true. (laughs) (laughs) No one's a superhero. So there's got to be an orphan who's an arsonist. (laughs) Probability wise, it's got to be a thing. You just run the numbers. I mean, I I would put, I mean, if I was in Vegas, (laughs) I would put money on that. Batman or arsonist, always bet on arsonist. (laughs) Always bet on arsonist. Yeah, uh, overall, I mean, I feel like my prediction for this book came true. Right. Before we go on a prediction of book four, though. Okay. Just re-examine book three. Okay. Uh, See, werewolves have been introduced. Yes. We've got the Dementors, Patronus Charm. I feel like there's been, I feel like vampires have been more solidly introduced in this book, but I don't remember why. I think there's mention of vampires a couple times. Dean at the end says, because they said, what what will we get next year for Defense Against Art? He says maybe a vampire. He says it excitedly, too. Dean's into vampires. What's that about, Dean? Just likes getting sucked. Why? Uh, uh, I panicked. I panicked. (laughs) You gave me me a thing, and I yes-anded, and I panicked, and that's where it went. Um, I couldn't come up with anything else. Is that a hickey? Nice hickey? Nice clean hickey. It's it's never nice and clean with the. Va- There's always blood. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so werewolves have been introduced. Dementors. <laughs> trying to think of what else. God, Grindelows, I suppose. Well, Kappas, hippy punks, hippogriffs. A lot, of, a lot of magical creatures in this. A lot of fantastic beasts. Where to find them? Harry Potter three. Also, those worms. They're flobber worms. Flobber worms. You yeah. Know? I like those. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea that everyone understood they, were, they could do nothing and they would survive. <laughs> and Hagrid's like, <laughs> and they're like, ah, fuck this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, Butterbeer has been introduced. Rat, Madame Rose Murdas trips to Hogsmeade. Yeah. It's the wizarding world is fleshing itself out before our very eyes. Like a tumor. 
or a Marauder's Map, sure. <laughs> wow. That map is metastasized. I can't say the word. Metastasized? I can't say it. Metastasized. 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 No. <laughs> the map is well, metastasized. I think mine works better because you said flesh. And that's what tumor, tumors are made of, you know. I give you this. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, the, yes, the wizarding world is coming more into focus. Sure. Uh, it it just again feels like that. I don't know, man. Tell me, tell me about book four. What do you think is going to happen there? You can go ahead and rely on some of your movie knowledge, but what do you think's not in the movie? Well, Where I, will no we go? I know you don't know. Predict. Predict. You're gonna you're gonna divide the future. Uh, okay, maybe there's a couple characters that I haven't met before. Oh Jesus Christ! I feel like that's possible. Probably, probably, absolutely gonna happen. <laughs> maybe maybe there's a couple events that happen that I couldn't expect. Wow. Maybe but maybe maybe a location or two that I haven't been to. Yeah. Maybe there's you, right maybe the there's heart. a collection of words organized in a sentence. A couple of them making a paragraph. Maybe some pages it's of not, story and and you know narrative. This is not at all what I will. wanted. Yet it is what I asked for. That, that I I wouldn't have been able to have read or seen in the films that will present themselves to me in a successive order mm. throughout the reading of the fourth book. Mm. I would predict that that would happen. So proud of yourself. Sit there in your tower. <laughs> Looking down Sit there in my people. tower and wait for somebody to come by with a hippogriff and fly me away. Yeah. That's what happened. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know what to predict in the next book. I don't remember. What's the title of the next book? The Goblet of Fire. Oh, yeah, Goblet of Fire. Um, <laughs> maybe, uh... <laughs> I would be I would be psyched to see more Cedric Diggory in the, than, than there is in the movie. Uh, Cedric Diggory gets mm. a little... Uh, he gets less... Short shrift, as it were? What does that mean? Not much time. Not oh, enough sure. time spent on him. Yeah, he, he gets Raw a... Raw deal. I mean, he's he's already had more time in the books before he his big book, you know? Because he exists in this one? Yeah, yeah, does exist in this one. Yeah, this... That's great. I like Cedric Diggory. I, I'd like to read more Cedric Diggory. Um, yeah, that's one thing I don't think I can promise. Oh, well, I would like it to be there. You don't need to promise anything, but... Uh, I you know, Return maybe of a favorite, though? Favorite character of yours? Hasn't been around for a while? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, well, I'll have to trust you. Yeah, you will have to trust me. Uh, You know, it's... it's I. Oh, wait. Are you talking about Return? Well, Mad-Eye Moody's going to be in the next one. So. We don't know who that is. How can he return? That's what I'm saying. I don't know if you need to return. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Um, this book, we mentioned that the first two books, in previous podcasts, we mentioned the first two books are kind of feel like they're interchangeable. Sure. They, they just, there's they're, they're the same fucking story, essentially, in terms, of, in terms of narrative arcs and plot points. Very similar, yes. Very similar. This one fit a lot of those same things. Mm-hmm. At least she shook it up and made made Voldemort not the bad guy. It's the only book se. I think Voldemort doesn't appear in at all. Yeah. Not even like a memory or something. Right. The Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher is a good guy for a change. Yes, but he's also a monster. <laughs> good point. He's still a monster. He will eat your face. But the, the thing the the formula I predicted at the end of season two, mm. For the most part, came true okay. by the end of this book. What was that formula again? I don't remember exactly verbatim, but it was something like 
Harry starts at the Dursleys. He's pissed at the Dursleys. Harry finds some new transportive way to get to Hogwarts. Um, Harry, in some way, like, there's some sort of interaction on the first night of Hogwarts with the sorting or something. I don't remember exactly what that was. It probably That probably needs to be cut. But um, there's a long and drawn-out mystery <laughs> that is... A lot of shit happens around, and then every once in a while you get stabbed with more mystery information. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the book, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a couple others of the of the big notes, but like by the end of the the book, Harry and the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher are in some secluded location with the villain of the film mm -hmm. or the book. Yeah. And I feel like that is the that's the one that keeps happening, and I don't think it actually is going to happen in the next one. Not, not the defense against the dark arts, dark arts teacher will not be there in the next one. At least from the movies. If you're saying Harry and the defense against the dark arts teacher will be in a secluded location at the end of the book, that with could happen. With the villain. Uh, well. Because that's the big part of it. Is that, I see what you're saying. Is that I see, in yeah, the yeah, first yeah. book, you have... The, uh, the main villain. Big, yes. I see what you're saying. In the first book, it's mm. Harry and Quirrell. Mm with Voldemort on the back of his head. Then in the second book, you have Harry and Lockhart, uh, Lockhart in, the in the Chamber of Secrets with Tom Riddle. Right. Now, technically, I mean, Lockhart's outside, Lockhart's but he's up. there. Yeah, I, I, in I, this I one, you have, you have Lupin and Harry with Sirius et al., i.e. Peter Pettigrew. Uh, who you know because they're they're in the, in that sequence they're both they're all there but there's a transition of there's a transfer of who the villain is mm -hmm. so you go into that knowing it's Sirius Black but when you come out of it you're like oh shit Peter Pettigrew's still alive right so it that all still happens I know that in the at the end of the n next story Harry is in a secluded location with Voldemort. The defense against the dark arts teacher is not present. Correct. But as far as I remember, but no, you're right. It's you're right. still Absolutely like right. follows. It's close enough. Like he, I think he's still. By the time that event happens, arguably, the defense against the dark arts teacher is in the audience of the maze, right? I believe so. So, when when they take the port key, wherever they go. It doesn't. I don't know where they go. Little Hangleton, but yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what that means. But it, yeah, it. Uh, I just want to show off. Sure, but it it feels like it's it feels like it's close enough because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that you mean like distance wise. No, in terms of my in terms of my parameters. Oh, just story wise. Yeah, yeah. story wise. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So so you know, fake Mad Eye. Pretty sure he still like licks his lips and gives Harry some sort of fucking like. Good fucking drop the lips. We're not talking about lips. Fucking, I don't want to hear about those fucking lips being licked. God damn it. No. 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 That was lazy. For the stupid people in the back. Don't want to hear about it. Continue. So. God damn it. <laughs> it makes me so mad. <sighs> okay. So he's, I'm, I'm pretty sure he still gives Harry some sort of like heads up, like like a bonus, like, you want some cheat codes? <laughs> here's, how you, here's how you win. Uh, shit. Before they take the port key or before they go into the, uh, the maze. So he's kind of still there. Sure. Um, anyway, it, it feels like those. I I I want to wish I had written out the 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 theory better because I feel like it it's a little more. I feel like there's a beat I'm missing. Sure. But it's those are the big points. Um, is Harry hates the Dursleys. Harry gets goes to Hogwarts some new fancy way. I don't remember how it happens in the next book. 
long drawn out mystery with a lot of filler around it feels like filler it's really just world building but it's so it's that's the it, but then and then you get to you know harry in the secluded place with the defense against architecture and the villain of the book the thing about these books that's so it is kind of interesting but also laboriously and te laborious and tedious is that they they feel like world building for dummies okay they feel like a, a, and that's not fair that's it's pejorative but it's more like a introduction to for children to world building Okay. And and in that way it is good. It really does a great job of that. If that's what it if that's how you're using it. And I don't yet this is a theory that I've started theorizing, theorizing. Theorizing. No, I don't want to say that though. But that's the word. Well, but I don't want to say that. I want to theory it. That maybe she's wants to write at a slightly older level and the the books geared towards the younger kids have been a little bit more like the person talking to the kid, like, and here's how the story is. And then she wants to get to this point where she can write a little bit older, a little more teenagery. I guess I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Um, I could be wrong, too. I don't think you're wrong because I keep, I've heard that from everybody who's oh, ever really? read these books. Everyone who's read these books says, oh, no, no. They end up like. They do age with, but they, I think, yeah. I'm wondering if the reason is, is that she's wanting to get to this older attitude my thoughts in the book coming up there's a lot you know how she drops she likes to drop her clues and threads here and there and there's a lot of that from what i remember there's a lot of that in book four and a lot of shit you're like like i remember having to go through it a couple times before i'm like wait what oh yeah that's the thing that they mentioned there and and maybe they could have talked about that more or i didn't realize that was going to be as so there's a lot of that i really wish that in this book they had paid off professor trelawney more like, remember in the last episode, you mentioned the thing about, like, what, like, did Harry's prediction technically come true? Right. And I think the answer is yes. But, like, I wish they had paid that off. Like, Harry. The follow-up. Yeah. The like Harry, Harry goes to, to, uh, to get his grades back. Right. Or he goes and he sees Professor Trelawney and she's like, hey, good job. Yeah. Something like that. Like, something like that, like, where all of the bullshit about reading all that shit for the whole book would have actually been worth it. Mm -hmm. But at this point, it's not. Like, her arc ends with her her having a vision. Right. And it's like, what did, this, no, what did the students get out of this class? All we get on that is Dumbledore being kind of shitty about her. Like, being like because Harry asks him about it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, brings it up to two. Right. He brings it up to two. Right. I'm so clever. Yeah, she's she's been, <laughs> she's like a baseball player with her success rate. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It means like the the con the joke is like anybody who uh, if you're in any other job besides baseball, you succeed at your job thirty percent of the time, you're gonna get fired. <laughs> baseball, you're an all star. See, now now you explained it and it was funnier. Oh, thanks. Yeah. But it's that kind of thing. Like she does it, you know, two times out of God knows how many, and she's all right. Right. It, it feels like that that wasn't enough of a payoff. Like it would have been. I want to see the interaction with Harry and this teacher who he's had this really contentious relationship with, come together and say, "Hey, do you get it now? <laughs> do you get how this stuff? You get a little bit. Might might not all be bullshit, man. Okay. And and but instead we don't get that. We just get the headmaster school being like, "Yeah, it's all bullshit, right? <laughs> Can you believe we employ this person?" <laughs> we don't give a fuck about money. <laughs> this person's employed. We got a ghost over here. <laughs> we know how much food we waste here. 
God, it's so much. Our catering bills are through the through the fucking buttress. <laughs> it's it's ungodly. Like us. Pagans. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. My entire history with this book or understanding of this book is that this was like the really good one. This is supposed to always be like the one that everyone's like, that's the book. I think because people reading along with it, yeah. they had the first two and then they hit this one. And it does, it's a tonal shift. It's a, it's a tonal shift. Yeah. It brings up shit that was laid down in the first book. Right. Where you didn't realize she was planting shit with like Sirius Black and the motorcycle. And you're like, oh shit. Right. And then it sets up things in the future and you start to get this idea of like, well, if that's that point and this is this point, where is it going? Oh, there is something here. But it also, with the world building it does is enjoyable and it fleshes it out in a in a compelling and interesting way that, again, if I hadn't already seen the films, would like, I'm trying to remember how I felt when I saw this movie. Sure. And I felt, I remember feeling like, oh shit, this is awesome. Like, I remember having feelings like, oh, how like, look at these twists. This is so cool. But again, that all happens really at the end of the book. Like sure. the, the majority of this book, for me, again, it's the most Quidditch you've mentioned than mo most books, and I don't like Quidditch. But it feels just, it feels tedious, and, and I wish they didn't have to be. But they, so far, the pattern has been tedium. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't feel like this book gets a, gets a pass, just because the end is so fun. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm realizing the more we do this that it really is impossible to divorce reading a book after seeing the films. Like, it's impossible to divorce the book from the movie, mm. the movie from the book, mm -hmm. to give it a fair shake. Because I can't unring the bell of knowing sure. all these things. Sure. And, and in that sense, it actually makes me kind of sad because I, I, I think about, like, you know, the whole experience of this podcast, you know, in a sense is to hear that perspective but i can recognize that it isn't unbiased you know because i've already got all this knowledge i'm already cursed with it so it makes me sort of feel bad for not having read the books sure but you can be like an archaeologist the civilization's already happened and you're looking at it backwards. You're like, what did this mean? Right, but then it makes me wonder like how many other movies have i watched instead of reading the books Lots. And then, like, how many more have I, like, like essentially, again, like, it's sort of a conundrum. Like, what do you do when you're presented with a story for the first time mm -hmm. in, in, that you know is a book, but there's also a movie? Sure. Which one do you do? And I, I don't have an answer. Like, I don't well, know. I often will do the movie first, and if I like it, go and see the book is, you know, compelling. Right, but that makes me wonder if that's right. Like, if this, this reading this book specifically, because mm. there's so many twists, there's so many reveals that it makes me wonder if that's, if you really are losing something with the book. I don't know if I am because I, my attention spans more, it, it's, it's not as strong as I'd like. Sure. So but that's what we're, we're working on that here. Sure. But like, I, I, there's a part of me that again, is just like, I know, I already know like the, the story plot beats and I know I'm getting to them and I'm hitting sure. each one in my head with like an invisible checklist. But I don't know if I'd be able to do that if I hadn't already seen a movie of a book. Sure. So like if we if we did something like Cujo, mm. never seen it. Okay. But so I wouldn't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't know. I'd be able to watch that. I, if we did that, I'd read that for the first time and then see the movie and be like, oh wow, look at that. It's all this. Why did they cut this part out? Like I'd get that experience. And I don't know if I have 
only thing I can even come close to is like comic books and comic book movies, but that's not even no. that's not really the same. No. Um, because they just do whatever they want. They basically do whatever yeah, they want. Yeah, they're not adaptations. Right. Not no. So anyway, um, in terms of checking in with the experiment of this podcast, that's where I am at the end of book three. It'd be interesting to do that in another couple of seasons, just yeah. because we're gonna hit the wildly divergent bits now. Yeah, exactly. And and that and that might be what saves my like faith in these books mm-hmm. is that like getting to the parts where I'm like cool like i didn't expect that wow like i'm like i'd be interested we'll have to to be mindful of this and check in with like specifically like examining how i feel about the stuff that there's no way i could have been hip to from the film sure and then see if i love that because if i love that then that might skew again my whole criticisms of the entire series they might it might totally devalue them Mm -hmm. because it's like yeah, but if you had just read them, the, if you had just read them first, it, you would have you would have been taken away in the adventure. You would have been immersed more successfully, and it's not it's not J.K.'s fault. It's a fault of being a person who saw the movie first and comes within all those expectations, and bias, and knowledge, and and that itself might be, again, that's that's sort of the experiment here is mm-hmm. to figure out if that's is to test that theory to test whether or not. What effect does seeing a movie, a movie series based on a book series have if you also go back and reread the books? Anyway, that's all I really got. Do I think, you, I think that's all I've got, sir. Do so. you have any housekeeping at the end of the day? No. Well, uh, that's, I think that wraps up season three, three. of Death Readers. Yeah. We finished Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, check us out on Patreon. Check us out on Patreon where we will put up our Harry Potter movie commentaries. We've got... Sorcerer Stone is up. Chamber of Secrets will be up soon, and then I think this this is sort of inside baseball. But like I think the next thing we'll, we should record should be the commentary for Azkaban. Oh really? I think so. I like how that works because then we we keep it flowing. Okay. Where like I don't get exposed to any of the next book until we also finish the movie uh, commentary. To find some time to do that. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if we're taking a week off or not, <laughs> but um, we'll we'll do our best. Uh, and again, check us out on Patreon. We have exclusive content up there. You can become a patron, patron, and help us keep this going. Where we it, it does cost a little bit of money to make this work, and everything helps. Anything helps. All of it helps. So uh, I don't I don't have nearly anything else. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. These reviews might seem silly, but they actually help us out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at Real Death Reader. If you want more Death Readers content, there's more available by joining Death Readers Patreon at www.patreon.com slash deathreaders. If you hate us and want to tell us how terrible we are, please send all hate mail comments to our Reddit account, you slash deathreaders. With all that, I apologize for interrupting your brilliant original note. Please start again, because I really loved your energy on that. Let's go from one, this time with feeling. Going for the current round of the film. Yeah, I love that. Let's try it again. <laughs> don't. This time. Don't give just, me your, just, your AD. Like, try it, try it with a little, just like, the same, but a little different. <laughs> you, you know That's what? That's funny. You take... You put your own spin on it. I want to see that. <laughs> I, just, I, I got you I here know. to be you. Nope, don't I like it. See I don't you. like this. Go. Be, just be you. And action. 
So my first note is the whole as he's ready for Sirius to be his godfather, he was ready to murder this guy. Like connect Michael J. Fox to Harry Potter. All right, we're doing this. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see here, Michael J. Fox. Hmm. No. <laughs> no. Oh. No. Because Emma Thompson and, and and Leah Thompson are very similar. I thought it was just having Thompsons in their name, but that's not going to do it. There's got to be a way to get Barry Bosworth to Tim Curry to somebody else. Barry Bosworth? Yeah. Barry Bostwick? Is that his name? Barry Bostwick? From Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah. My, my bad. Bos- Bostwick? Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a way to get him. Because he's in Spin City? Yes. With Michael J. Fox? Yes. Okay. So if you can get him to Tim Curry to a British Tim actor Curry. who's in Harry Potter. Warwick Davis, legend. Hey, Warwick Davis is in Legend? He's not? I believe so. But I like the way you're thinking. Keep it up. The ideas are coming. No, I went to other places. Where did I go? Tim Curry is in Oscar with the lawyer from Jurassic Park. And also Harry Shearer, the voice in the, all the, the voices on The Simpsons. Tim Curry's in Clue. We got Michael McKeon and Mr. Peacock and Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, but that, that that's just a Michael J. Fox. That's not a Harry oh, Potter. It's back to Michael J. Fox, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a closed loop. Yeah. It's like a time this is, loop. This is the part of the show that's at the end of the episode. <laughs> or not at all. <laughs> yeah, is, we, we might have killed our momentum. Um, do you want to keep doing, going down this path? <laughs> I mean, part of me doesn't want to let it go. You've got me in like my beautiful mind state now. <laughs> <laughs> is that, am I Paul Bettany? I don't know. I haven't even actually seen that movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> Paul, okay. Paul Bettany's like a figment of his imagination. Oh, okay. Spoilers. So, so he's like a vision. Yeah, he, he's like he's like a vision exactly. Mm, he's, right. He's a yeah. Im- immaterial. Mm, right. Yeah. Mm. Yes. He's a jar of this. <laughs> so. I feel like I may have steered this ship into an iceberg. Yeah, right. Right <laughs> onto the rocks. So, do we want to go down with the ship, or do we want to get in the lifeboat? Um, Down oh, with I the just, ship. Just <laughs> <laughs> I just do closed loops. <laughs> okay. I can, no, I can do this. Michael J. Fox. So... You you go in the Tim Curry route. I'll try a new route. Okay. I'll try to find something. Because Michael J. Fox isn't going to do it for me. Are there any actors from Lord of the Rings in Harry Potter? Is Jason Isaacs in Lord no. of the Rings? No. And Kate Blanchett's not in Harry Potter. Is Kate Blanchett in anything with Emma Thompson? Or Alan Rickman? There's probably some Woody Allen thing. I don't know Allie, Woody Allen. Alan Rickman. How do I get to Alan Rickman? Um, <sighs> Woody Allen? Uh, that one where he's a ghost? That's what I've been doing. You know, like Die Hard, um, Dogma. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Um, but getting lost in the weeds with. I feel like I feel like I, we're connecting to Michael J. Fox. Yes. That's the so here's the thing. So I'm getting Lloyd. Right. I went to Frighteners, which is why I was going to the to Lord of the Rings because I was going to use um, Peter Jackson to trip to to connect to that. There's Charlie McBride in the Frighteners. What about in the Hobbit series? Is there anyone from the Hobbit series? Does anybody transfer over? You know what? Who's that actress that works with Peter Jackson? She was in Beautiful Creatures, and she had like a cameo as a cop in The Frighteners. The one who's not Kate Winslet. Um, is she the one who's the one who kills the the Nar- the Nazgul? Because she's not a woman. No. She's not a man. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, 
Although that one... <gasps> I found it! Okay. Wait, I found that one. I found it. Okay. I found it. Okay. I fucking found it. You got crazy eyes. I fucking found it. Okay. Michael J. Fox. Yes. I got there faster. Michael J. Fox. Back in the future with Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover is in Charlie's Angels movie with John Cleese. John Cleese nearly hit those snakes. Okay, I got another one. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Back to the future with Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers is in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in the scene where he's in the bathroom snorting the coke off of Raul, Raul Duke's arm. Giant up. Grindelwald. Harry Potter. <laughs>